Welcome to the Clean Slate Experience. Welcome to the Clean Slate Experience. Today we are meeting with Shannon Faith Walsh. She is the Chief Leadership Officer of Global Equanimity Advisors. Not the CEO, but the CLO. We're going to jump right into it. Shannon, great to have you here. Tell me a little bit about why you chose to be the Chief Leadership Officer. Thank you, Garen. I'm delighted to be here. Yeah. I chose Chief Leadership Officer because I'm very intentional with my words, mm. and that comes from a series of things that have happened in my life. But Chief Leadership Officer really expresses who I want to be and how I want to show up in the world. Okay. As opposed to a Chief Executive Officer, I want to be in charge of the leadership for my organization. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love this. I love this. You know, there's so many things about you that I totally enjoy. And uh, you know what? First off, let's jump into this. Like in the first chapter of my book, because this is where I want to get your, your, your ideas. Are. So I have this section called Pump Your Brakes, right? Where I say, change for many is scary. But what do you do when everything around you seems scarier? It says, sometimes we get bumped and pushed a bit. Sometimes we get annoyed with the thing when, in fact, the thing was there to get us moving. You've done a lot of moving in your life. Like, what drives you to shift, pivot, and move? Like, what's that about? Great question. You know, everyone has to go where their heart is, mm. and a lot of people follow what society deems them, uh, what they think they should do. Yeah. They follow that. But I think one of the greatest gifts that I ever received and one of the best things that ever happened to me was I was up for the ambassador position of Walt Disney World in 1991. Wow. I was just about to graduate from Syracuse University, and I had been participating with several hundred individuals. You can only be nominated by your boss. And when it came down to the final five, I was pretty pumped. Mm. When it came down to the final one and I was not in there, I ended up moving to South Korea wow. and started a new job there. And wouldn't you know, three months later, mm-hmm. I was asked by the president of the company that I worked for, Shisa Yongwasa, to be an ambassador for the United States and South Korea as a representative on television, on a brand new television station, on a brand new television show okay, wait. called Sango Yongo. Wait, 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 Shannon. So, so, so for people listening out there, they're probably asking, like, how does she go from graduating, you know, the University of Syracuse to such a position? Like... If you wouldn't mind, just like, how did, how did you prepare for something just, my mind is gone already. <laughs> well, I think there are a lot of, a lot of things that people don't know about. If you're going to a college, whether it's community college yeah. or a four-year college, always check with your career planning and placement center. They can always give you help with your resumes. They mm. can always give you help with whatever job interviews you need. And really being associated with a college of any sort is very helpful. Even yeah. if you go and take a few classes, just having that career planning and placement center there so that you have advisors you can talk to is very helpful. Mm. I found out about a Disney job when I was in school and I went ahead and applied for it. I ended up having an internship with Walt Disney World, which led to me thinking I was going to get the ambassador position. Uh, But when I didn't, I went ahead and went back to my career planning placement center, and I applied for jobs in several different countries. Wow. And I ended up accepting one in South Korea, and I was there within days. And I had no idea what I was going to do. I didn't know how I was going to live. And I ended up working for Shisa Yongasa, a publishing company, and teaching. 
And then this door opened that I was now going to be on a television program. And I was on six days a week. And then I was on talk shows. And then there were billboards of me all over Seoul. And who knew? But here's the thing. Go. Just open that little door. Because sometimes when you open one little door, mm-hmm. Narnia's on the other side. Something's on the other side. You have no idea. And so every time you open a door and you're just kind of obedient and diligent, you have no idea where that door is going to go. And sometimes we're just afraid to open the door. Yeah. But you just got to, you know, no one's going to no one's gonna stand on the other side and say, come here. You just have to open it and see what happens. And that can lead you to a person, to a place, to a position you never dreamed of. But it's all about us taking that moment and taking that risk. I, I, I'm, you know, it's a good thing that I'm wearing long sleeves because I have chills underneath here. Because when I think back to my story and when I opened up the door, again, it wasn't an attractive door becoming a janitor, but I talk about that in in the first chapter, like finding your calling in a toilet bowl. And I don't necessarily mean it has to be a toilet bowl, but it's just like in the oddest of places. And what I'm hearing you say is you were, you were open. You were open. Like what, what about your personality? What is it about your personality that makes you that open? Well, it's interesting because I'm actually an introvert. And a lot of people would think that I'm an extrovert because I enjoy people. Uh A lot of people mistake introversion and extroversion. Introversion doesn't mean that you're shy or afraid. It simply means that you need to be alone to regenerate your battery. And an introvert, in order to generate their battery, they need to be around other people. So a lot of introverts need to be alone take their time, Mm -hmm. and then they can reemerge and they're a better person for Mm -hmm. everyone around them and themselves. So I know that I have had my best encounters when I'm one-on-one with someone, just like I am with you right now. And, you know, I love what you wrote in your book because there were times, I'll tell you, some of my, my dearest friends, I can tell you this, were the janitorial staff because when I was working at a Fortune 500 company, I was spending a lot of late hours in my office when everyone else had gone home and no one was around and the cleaning staff would be coming in late, late in the evening. And I met individuals who had been economists in other countries and they were emptying my trash. And I met couples who became my dearest friends. And, you know, we, we got through some really rough times in life because they were on the janitorial staff. And I met them, you know, <laughs> 9, 10 o'clock at night, yeah. uh, sometimes 11, 12 o'clock at night. And we, I knew all about their families and I knew, you know, what their kids were doing. I, I knew one couple whose oh. children were going to Harvard and one was a lawyer and one was a doctor. And they were, they were emptying the trash to ensure that their future, their children's future was going to be an amazing one. And to me, that was always so inspiring. I, I just, I can't tell you what, what it means to me that you wrote the book that you did and you've had the experiences you've had because you don't understand what you do, how that impacts organizations all over. Yeah. And I know that we've talked about, you know, the CEO couldn't do what the CEO needs to do unless he had the janitorial staff yeah. and all the other people in the organization. That's, that's, so, so what jumps out at me is this. When I was walking into those offices, it was a joy to see the light down the hall of the CEO or the manager being there. 
because I finally had one-on-one time with that individual. Now, granted, yes, I'm dusting their shelves and vacuuming their floors, taking out their trash, but it was an opportunity for me to spark a conversation. And it was my duty to then go back and prepare or practice how to initiate a conversation with someone. I can't even just give them a title, but just with someone, a stranger. And I started working on those things that I would learn until I got them talking. Now they could see me. I'm not just the guy taking out the trash. They saw me. Now, I remember one time when I wanted to meet with you where your life was really busy. You were in and out of town quite a bit. And you said, Garen, if you want to meet with me, you have to come to a spin class <laughs> at five o'clock or five thirty in the morning. Oh, my God. And I thought that I was, you know, I'm like, you know, I'm a fit guy. OK, I'm going to come to a spin. Oh, my God. That thing busted my tail. But here's the deal. I had to come where you were available. And it was a spin class at five o'clock, five thirty in the morning. At night, if you're in your office and I'm the janitor, it's one on one time. I got your attention. I was willing to take advantage of those moments. And that's something that I share with my team and, and I share with others. Like, how are you taking advantage of the moments when you're in when you're sharing that space with someone, you know? And 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 you um it sounds as though you you did that. You did quite a bit of that. And you noticed the janitors. That's awesome. Okay. Okay. So now you mentioned that you um, were open and you went over to, was it Seoul? Like that's, you noticed something within yourself. You said that you're an introvert. Did you take assessments to be able to identify that? Like what is it about assessments that helps? So assessments are, mm-hmm. I, have to, I have to clear my throat. <clears> throat> Excuse me. I should have brought some water. Yeah. So assessments are so important. Uh, you know, that's what I do in Global Equanimity Advisors. I do a lot of assessment stacking with clients when I do workshops, when I do in- work with individuals. It's really important that people understand who they are and what makes them tick. And it sounds funny to say, well, of course I know who I am and I know what makes me tick. Yeah. No, we really don't. <laughs> there are a lot of things that have happened to us based in our past and there are a lot of things that just make us the person that we are. And so all of those types of personality assessments just give you, mm. if they just give you a little clue of what makes you tick, of how you need to yeah, yeah. put yourself I, in a position you know, I've, I've to thrive, people who would I tell think me, that's the most important know, I'm, thing. I'm because to, we don't always um, put ourselves in the, the company. I want to apply to for this job. Why do they keep turning me down? I don't understand it. I don't get enough feedback from the people, from the interviewers, when they say no and they choose someone else. What I'm hearing you say is, by taking these assessment tests, you then get a glimpse as to who you are intrinsically. It's not just the person that you you appear to be in the world, but when you're alone, when you're quiet, like this is who you are or this is what drives you. And the question is, how can you use that to your benefit? How did you use it to your benefit once you found out who you were? Well, I think I've always tried to go where my heart is calling me at the moment. Mm -hmm. And I think we have to be very careful about the fact that we limit ourselves sometimes. Mm -hmm. You know, we need to be, you know, we were just talking about being with someone. Presence is really important. And I'm not just talking about executive presence. I'm talking about finding yourself in the present moment and just being there. Mm -hmm. We're so excited to get to that next level. We're so excited to get that promotion. But if we're not enjoying the journey along the way, 
what's what's, what's the, the use? use? If we if we're not enjoying where we are right now, how are we going to enjoy where we're going to be? Mm. So if we're not grateful for what we have, how will we be grateful for what we get in the future? Yeah. So it's really about being very present and understanding what do I have right now? And a lot of people, I'd really like to dissuade people from thinking, oh, I didn't get that job. I didn't get that job. I didn't get that job. Every time they don't get a job, say thank you. Thank you. What do you think is happening? I think that the universe is saving them from that. Have you ever been on a date and that date ghosted you or that, that <laughs> date, you know, it didn't work out? Sometimes you just have to go, thank you, universe, <laughs> like because that. hopefully the next person who comes along is going to be even better. Yeah. I mean, we've all had that experience where we didn't get something that we wanted. Yeah. But we didn't know until later that was the best thing that ever happened. Mm. But there was a person in our life who just needed to not be in our life or, or a job that we thought was everything. and We didn't get it. And we think, oh, my gosh. If I'd gotten that job, I wouldn't have been I wouldn't have been prepared for the next job. Yeah. So just do the very best you can do with what you have yeah. right now. Continue to hone your skill set, be present, and then be prepared for when the right opportunity or the right person does come along because you may be standing in the line at the bank and the guy at the bank is the guy who gives you your next job. Yes. You have no idea, yeah. and that's part of being present. You could be sitting there texting on your phone, yep. but you may be missing an opportunity yep. for a person that's standing right next to you who could lead you to your future. You know, that's such a great point because I think people think that the only time they should be ready to go is when they're at the office. You know, it's like they, they don't recognize like you're always on audition. I have a buddy of mine, um, his name is Devin, and he he talked to me about how he was able to get the position that he got as, a, I believe it was a general manager of, of, um, of VentureX in Orlando, Florida. And he talked about he was a client here. And while he was a client here, he was doing all these different things and the owners were paying attention. So when he started wrapping up and figuring that he was going to leave the company that he was working for, the owner said, no, 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 no. I, I think we need to talk. They admired so much of what he did that they made him the GM of VentureX. Just doing what he was doing with diligence and discipline. He was on audition. It made the interview process so much easier where they wanted him versus he was looking for a job. Absolutely. Absolutely. What comes to mind when you hear something like that? The first thing I think of is your vibe attracts your tribe. Mm. So be very careful how you fly, what your frequency is, okay. because your frequency attracts who will be around you. Yeah. And if you're very distracted, then the people around you get that. Yeah. And we create these walls with our phones, with our zoning out of other individuals who are right next to us. Yeah. And we have to be very present sometimes just to understand more intuitively with our body than our minds that that person next to me why not say hello and have a great day? Mm. How are you doing? Mm. Uh, I talk about in humankind when I speak with Dr. Williams, Dr. Williams is walking through an airport one day. He passes a man and says hello. Yeah. He drops dead a few minutes later. And doesn't the person that he just say hi to turn around and save his life? We don't know. And if we aren't engaged with the people who are directly put in our path, 
when we don't realize that the universe has a bigger plan than we do. We're so myopic in our thinking. We're yeah. just, you know, we really right. don't see the whole big picture, yeah. the plan that the universe has for us. Well, you know, that was the universe's plan for that gentleman. Wow. And they are dearest friends today. So we don't know what's happening around us. And if we don't tune in to what's happening around us, we're never going to know all the universe is bringing us. So be aware, be open. You know, you can't love on another person if their heart is closed. Mm -hmm. So if you're not willing to walk around with your heart open for a job, for a, a friendship, for a relationship, you'll never get one. This is, this is crazy because, because I, I look at people who are, who are fighting. I mean, they're, and when I mean fighting, I mean like they're fighting for a better life. They're fighting for um, purpose in their life. They're just trying to figure out like, wh why am I here? What am I supposed to do today, tomorrow, the next day? And then they go into this depression because they feel like, I don't know. And what I'm hearing you say is, is just be kind to the person right next to you. Like you just never know. And that's, that's that story that you shared. It freaks me out as it plays in my mind because I actually, being a, a person who's like big on visual, like I actually see them passing each other. And his simple gesture, simple gesture, becomes what saves his life. Like that can happen anytime, any day. I remember one time you told me about being in the grocery store and you were in the line. And there was a gentleman in front of you and you said you were on your phone. And then you said, you know what, I'll put my phone down. And you put it down. And when you spoke to the guy, you found out that the gentleman had just lost his, his wife. Like, if you weren't present enough to do that, that gave you an opportunity to be you, who God intended for you to be. That, tell me about even that. That moment. That was a really interesting moment because everyone in the line at Publix, mm -hmm. to where I was shopping, mm -hmm. everyone who was in the line happened to be on their phones, yeah. except for me. Yeah. And this man who was behind me. And when I asked him if I could help him put his groceries on the conveyor belt, because it just seemed like something was off. Yeah. And he said, whatever. Well, I took it as an opportunity to help him with his groceries. Yeah. And then from a small, still voice inside me, one that I don't even know where it came mm -hmm. from, except that when you allow your body to uh, intuitively do what it needs to do, mm -hmm. I asked him, is everything okay? And when he said no, I asked him if he wanted to talk about it. And when he said, my wife just died, uh, it changed everything. Every single person, when we removed his cart and I went to hug him, yeah. and the two of us were standing in the line at Publix, all of the individuals in the line ended up in a, in a huge hug. We were all hugging him. Wow. And so, you know, we don't know what someone's going through right next to us. Yeah. But I'll tell you for those people who are going through things that you just talked about, when people are fighting, 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 they need to look in the mirror mm. and they need to say, what am I doing to myself? I want you to, I want you to lean into the, into the mic and say that again. What should they ask themselves? What am I doing to myself? Yeah. Because if they're going through their day with gratitude, mm -hmm. gratitude and frustration can't really coexist. If I'm grateful for everything that I have right now, yeah. I'm not thinking about what I don't have. It's different. So you can say, I, 
I lost my job. I lost my, you know, my pay. What do I have? I have my health. Mm. I have my family. Mm -hmm. I have a roof over my head at the moment. It's just like saying when people ask, how are you doing? You say, oh, I'm so tired. Yeah. If you said, oh, I'm getting energized. It's different. It's different. It changes how you feel. Mm. And when you are gratitude, grateful when we're going back to this when you are grateful for what you have you're not complaining you're truly grateful and and you know this is a really important time this covid time yeah to say i don't have everything that maybe i wanted at this moment but let me count all the the blessings that i what have at this have. moment yeah and when you do that and you keep writing those things down and you keep saying those things over and over and you look in the mirror and you say, I love you. Don't look in the mirror and say, oh, I look fat today. I have yeah, bags I under my eyes. Yeah. That's you doing that to you. Yeah. That's not society doing that to you. It's not anyone taking anything away from you except you. So we take things away from ourselves and we have to be very careful to protect ourselves from ourselves. From ourselves. We yeah. should be our best friend. Yeah. We should be telling ourselves that we love ourselves. But so often what's happened is that we wait for validation from everyone else outside us. I got to be honest. I got to be honest, Shannon. That, <laughs> that's been me. We all do it, yeah. Karen. That's the thing. I do it too. Yeah. But you know what? No one can validate us like us. You know, we are here uh, just by just by being here. Mm -hmm. Do you know how very difficult that was physically right. for you to exist? Right. Just by being here, you have a contract. You deserve to be here. Yeah. And you deserve a great life. And you deserve to treat yourself with respect, with integrity, with kindness, with love. And when you do that, everyone around you will treat you that way. Mm. But if you're treating yourself less than what you want someone to treat you like, don't expect other people to treat you like that. Well said. Right? Well said. So every morning, you need to wake up in the mirror and you say, you're amazing. And it's not being boastful. It's, it's not. Being, not okay. It's not. And, and you know the things in your heart that you want to do. Yeah. Don't say, I need to do this. Nobody needs to do anything. If you want to do something, you'll find a way to do something. So what am I to say? I will? I will. Mm -hmm. I will. I'm working toward that. I'm working toward making that happen in my life. And see a clear path that you will do that. Okay. No one's stopping us but us. Okay. And we may not get that job that we wanted, but... We have to say, I'm grateful I didn't get that job because you know what? That means the next thing coming is going to be even better. So, so even as I'm saying, I will this and I will that, it's not necessarily for me to just actively go out and get it. But you're saying actively go out and be kind, be open, be all those things because the universe is at work, is at play. You know put a spiritual spin on this for a second. So when I think about God and, and the promises that he has in the Bible, sometimes it's hard. It's difficult to believe in them because we're accustomed of wanting and seeing things like now instant gratification. But there's so many people along the way, I think that we're to encounter in order to get the gift that he wants to give to us. Absolutely. And based on what you're saying, if we're not present if we're not being kind, if we're not being open, we won't get to experience the journey. 
when you were at the top, the top of your game, and, and by society's, you know, example, the top, how did it feel? Was, did being at the top feel different from the journey towards the top? Like which? So, you know, I worked as an executive in, in Fortune 500 company. Mm-hmm. I worked uh, overseeing centers of excellence for universities. Uh, I've done some really amazing things, but it doesn't feel that different. Doesn't feel different. You no, know, the problem is we're trying to strive to a place. When we get to that place, if we haven't brought people along on that journey, mm. if we haven't solidified our relationships, then it's going to be kind of hollow when we get there, right? Yeah. Uh, and and trying to get to a place is so often in society today, we're just striving and striving and striving. And the thing is, we're meant to do it with other people. We're mm. meant to go on this journey. Getting to where you want to be, like I said, is it's not going to be everything you thought it was going to be mm. sometimes, mm. you know, and, and then sometimes it is. And you're talking about journey so, or are you talking about once I reach where I say I wanted to be? Once you reach where you are. Okay. If you haven't enjoyed the journey along the way, because if you're a leader uh, and everyone's a leader, then you'll be bringing people with you, mm-hmm. right? You'll be ensuring that your relationships are solid yeah. and and that you ensure the right people are coming along with you. So be very careful about chasing something and then getting there because someone once told me, uh, be careful about how you climb the ladder to the top. Because? Because when you have to climb the rungs back down, you're going to find the people that you stepped over to get there. I heard that most recently. And yeah. and, and I think it's really interesting. Uh, you can actually climb the corporate ladder or whatever you want to call it, but sometimes it's leaning against the wrong building. I need you to expand on that. Like that's... Ugh. So maybe it's not really where your heart was, but it was what society deemed was really successful. Yeah. Like when you get there, you're going to have the perks and the benefits. Yeah. And, you know, it also comes with a lot of late hours, headaches. Yeah. You know, there are a lot of things that go along with it. And a lot of people look at the glamour. It's just like an actor. Mm-hmm. How many times does an actor get rejected, you know, going on calls and know. things? But we just look at the Tom Cruise is doing amazing things and he's, okay, that's fantastic. But you know, for every actor, they are, they had to go through a ton of rejection and we forget that. And, you know, Morgan Freeman has a great quote that I love, which is if you're not living on the edge, you're taking up too much space. Oh man. And that's one of my favorites. I love it. And, and so live on the edge a little, take a leap of faith, you know, go to a different place, do something different. Uh, I was once in a presentation listening to uh, the head of Siemens, the CEO of Siemens at the time, and he said, you know, I wouldn't even consider you to work at this com- at this company unless you'd lived in several other countries. Huh. And he said, you better have lived in Asia or you won't work for me, huh. especially in my top ranks, because you have no idea what's going on in the world. And so, you know, I think all my experiences, whether they've been in companies in the United States or overseas, they've all prepared me in a different way. Yeah. And the more that you can know about other people and other ways of life, the better prepared you are to help an organization. So, you know, be curious, be curious, you know, follow your heart, go with what you think is, 
interesting. Yeah. Because it can lead you in all sorts of places. Yeah. You know, within within reason. Right? I want to scream like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, okay, why am why am I so interested in personality assessments? Okay, well, I I go down that rabbit hole. We all go down rabbit holes, right? We, we have to we be do. careful of that, especially with the with the internet these days. Yeah. But when you're following the right ones, and I say the right ones, you'll never really know what the right ones are, but when you know a lot about a lot, mm -hmm. you can be very valuable, just as valuable as when you specialize. Like, mm -hmm. I don't want my surgeon to be a multi-potentialite. Multi-potentialite is, you know, I call myself a multi-potentialite. It's similar to a polymath in that you have a lot of interests in a lot of things. Yeah. I don't want my surgeon to be a multi-potentialite. I want him to know focus. everything he's yeah. going to know about that subject, right? But if I'm in school, I don't want my my professor to know one thing and not be able to teach me about many facets of a of a subject. So, you know, you, you just have to find the right people and everyone has a gift to give you. Everyone's a beautiful book. Yeah. Everyone has a, a key and you can unlock that and learn a lot about their life. Yeah. And especially people who are different from you. That's the beauty of it. I love this. I love this because because I think about I think about people who are God, I think about people who are um who are in in the military, people who get to travel abroad. I think about individuals who are who who may be curious about traveling to Asia and to Europe and just living abroad for a season. And they may think for right now, I'm just curious. I just, I just want to do it. It seems fun, but with them doing something like that, they may be positioning themselves. If when they go over there, they're doing exactly what you're talking about, about being, being open and being present years from now, they would have qualified for someone at Siemens. Exactly. You know what I mean? Absolutely. And don't go because you're supposed to. Right. Go because you want to. Yes. Do things that you love because, you know, my father used to say, if you do what you love, you'll never work a day in your life. I've you know, heard we've heard that, yep. right? And and so when you go where your heart is, you know, you'll just be following your your own trajectory. Yeah. And that is laid out in a beautiful way. And if you're just open to all the things that come along your path, you have no idea the next person that's going to lead to something, the next job application. And, you know, you have no idea. You just never know. You're open. I speak about about what you're saying a lot in the book. And, you know, with the five-turn fast-track framework where I talk about um, having uh, carpooling. And you mentioned about when you're working your way up the ladder, you're, if you're a leader, and all people are leaders, as you mentioned, you're bringing people along with you. You have your team, your carpooling of sorts. You know, we're all going somewhere together. Granted, some of us may jump off at certain stops, but the fact is we're bringing the whole team along this ride. We're in the HOV lane. We're riding, you know? And you talk about, about, about being open, and I, I liken that to the whole idea of setting small goals, micro goals. I want to go abroad. I want to learn this. I want to, I want to get curious about something. Just that curiosity is a micro goal. Again, we don't know where it's going to put us. And we don't know if we're even prepared for where it's going to take us. But for right now, because I'm present, because I'm open, I am going to focus on that, that one goal. And that's pretty, pretty awesome. Pretty awesome. I love your, I love your story. And, and I mean, many people don't know how many different things you've done in your life. Um, I know that you're, you're, you're big on education and learning so much. 
you know, I look at you, your small frame, and I'm thinking, like, where does all this information lie? You know, our, our brains are so miraculous. You know, God has done amazing things with, with, with us, and, and there's so much more that we can do. And when I look at the amount of things that you've done, I can look at myself and say, Garen, there's so much more that you can do. How do you, how do you help someone like me think about myself when I'm comparing myself to you? I would say don't compare. Don't compare yourself. Mm. That's the most important thing. Like we all think, I think, well, I haven't done that much compared to some people I know. Right. Uh, you know, I think there's beauty in all that we do. And I might look at someone and say, wow, they are very accomplished and they have been in that job for 35 years. And that's amazing that they've climbed the corporate ladder in that particular job. And mm -hmm. other people may say, oh, it's really neat that that person's traveled all over the world. So stop comparing. The only people we should be comparing ourselves to is us. It's and a person that's, in the mirror. That's intrinsic competition. Yeah. So there, there are different types of competition, right? And, and we like to think that competition's really good. But there's a, a limit to that. When we are better tomorrow than we were yesterday, mm -hmm. that's really good. Mm. That's the kind of competition we want. That's intrinsic competition. Yeah. But when we're trying to compete against others, we're always going to lose. Yeah. Because we're always going to look and see the glass half full over there and ourselves half empty. The thing is, when we look at other people, we say, oh, they're so polished. They've got it all together. They don't even know. You know why we don't know? Uh, why, why, we're, why this is an illusion? It's because we don't know all their faults. Yeah. We know all our own faults. And we say, gosh, I really, you know, I could be more organized. I could be, you know, I could get, uh, get things going, you know, a little bit faster. Mm -hmm. I could, whatever it may be. We always know our own faults, so we're always going to think we're less. Yeah. But we look at other people and we see that wonderful, you know, polished, polished sophisticated look, and yeah. we think, oh, wow, they've really got it all together. Mm. So stop comparing ourselves. That's one. The only person you should compare yourself to is you. Yeah. And just do the very best you can every day. Like you said, set those micro goals. Yeah. And maybe, okay, the goal is I want to work overseas. Great. Go talk to someone who's worked overseas. That's your first step. How'd you do it? Mm -hmm. Be curious. Yeah. It all goes back to being curious. Yeah. Right? You're gonna make me scream. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, there's this band um, that I uh, that I I have. I wear it sometimes, but it's the the, the core values of our company, um, um, Clean Slate Janitorial, and I share it with my team. It's get better. It's show up, get better. Um, oh, here here we go. I can't even remember right now, but it's show up get better, have fun, right? And that whole idea of getting better on a daily basis is something that I, I instill into my team. Like, there's always ways to improve upon. If we look at ourselves and our performance and we look back to yesterday and say, well, what did I do? How could I have done it better? How can I add value to this situation, to the company, to this moment? We're always moving forward. And again, we don't know what that's going to prepare us for. And even as I say that, I'm reminded of a conversation I had with a buddy of mine. His name is James, James English. And he said, Garen, our weaknesses are those things that um, if, we don't, if we don't find a way to, to support that, when we get to the top, our weaknesses, that, our weaknesses will be that thing that makes us topple and fall. Like we have. He's not saying literally, you know, turn your weaknesses into strength. But 
by bringing a support team to help you in that arena, in that area, as you grow, you have support there, you know? Um, and that's, that only happens when we're choosing to get better on a daily basis. Yeah. Any thoughts on that? Absolutely. So we can always be better at everything that we do, obviously, mm-hmm. but it doesn't have to be in huge leaps you know, and bounds. In huge leaps and bounds. Yeah. Uh, I think about, you know, I was hit by an, inebri- an inebriated driver and I had to come back because my neck was paralyzed uh, temporarily and my shoulders were fractured and I had to improve in centimeters. So on a daily basis in physical therapy, I would be working back on how to move my arms again. Mm. And every time you improve in a centimeter, uh, you realize the value uh, because one day you can actually take your arms and put them over your head Fully, yeah. and you realize, oh, that may have taken me a year to do, wow. but I did it. Yeah. And I think, you know, progress is made in centimeters. And when we talked earlier about people who are getting upset and frustrated and depressed during this time, a lot of it is because there's no progress being made. Because on a daily basis, if we actually made progress in one area of our life, mm-hmm. we really wouldn't be that depressed. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, we're going for it. Now, we may not have gotten what we wanted, but if we're grateful yeah. and we're making progress, yeah. we have something to look forward to. Okay, we should, we should track I'm, that progress too, right? Absolutely. Because I'm, and I'll say, I'm, I'm someone who, because sometimes I'm always focusing forward, I don't pay attention to what I've accomplished. Like my wife has to tap me on my shoulder and say, like, Garen, like, look back. I don't pay attention to it often, you know? And, and I have to be honest, sometimes... Sometimes I can go down that road of depression, like, I didn't have a good day today. But, Garen, look what you did last week. I struggle with that sometimes. Um, so I, I say that because I don't want people to think, like, everyone thinks that way. Everyone can just look forward or, or, or you know, celebrate their, their, their wins because some of us struggle with that. We do. And I think, you know, the other day, it's funny, I was thinking, gosh, there's so much I wanted to accomplish by the end of this year. Yeah. But sometimes you just need to sit in silence and say, what is it I have accomplished? Mm. And you think back, you know, oh, yeah, I, I wanted to write that article. And finally, I wrote it. And yeah. I wanted to, you know, to apply for that position. And finally, I did it. Or, yeah. you know, I, I wanted to update my resume. And finally, I did it. You know, people can do it in very small increments. Yeah. And they can remember, oh, yeah. That was yeah. a goal of mine, and I, I did it. So, you know, kudos to me. Yeah. Now, you know, what next do I want to do? My next favorite thing. I remember that speech that you gave <laughs> at Toastmasters. That was, I don't know if it was the first speech that I heard you say, but it has been the memorable speech um, that I've heard you share. My next favorite thing. And it was just amazing to hear all of the things that you got, you were able to pack into a six and a half minute speech, but it fascinated me. And I sat there in awe, whether you won or not that day, it didn't matter. You like, you made my brain just explode because I I thought, well, what's going to be my next favorite thing? And what's going to be my next favorite thing? And I've always kept you in that chamber within my mind (laughs) because that propels me forward. Even, even what I'm doing today, it's like my next favorite thing. Let's try that. And we test it and we see if it works and we see how it impacts the, the world. And what's going to be my next favorite thing? I'm just always moving forward, but I do need to, to, to pause and take a look back at what I've been able to accomplish. This speaks so much to, um, to what uh, we talk about here in the book. And, and for those who don't know, you were the person who 
uh, wrote the Ford in my book. And as I read and as I read it, I'm like, who is she talking about? I can't, I can't, who is that guy she's talking about? But I have to respect what you've seen in the progress that I've made over the years. Um, and, Absolutely. And, and like, yeah, this is awesome. So overall, what I've heard from you today is you talked about being present. You talked about um, setting goals. You talked about, about pausing and, and, and being open to what's going on around you. Um, curious. Being curious. Yeah. Yeah. And, and what, that, what that means to me, um, it really does take me back to the, the, the curiosity level that I had, the openness that I had years ago when, when I was frustrated with work didn't know what was going on, didn't know how I was going to provide for my family, knew that this wasn't supposed to be it. Waking up every day crying was not the life that I wanted. And I became open and I became curious to the people around me and the things that they were doing. I remember myself asking my friends, hey, can I come to one of your meetings at your job? I just want to sit in and just see what you guys talk about and, and just, just pay attention. And I had to sign, you know, NDAs and so forth. But just to be in the room, to be able to be curious about what, how they do big business, you know, it helped me to start focusing on how I could start living my life and what things I can do and what value I can bring to, to their world. I remember even writing a note. I was bold. I wrote a note to one of the presidents while being in the room. Like, I hear the problem that you have. Like, have you guys thought about doing this? And I slid it over to them. And they looked at it and just slid it back over to me and said nothing. Now it crushed me. Because I didn't feel validated, in my opinion, but it was an experience. You know, it allowed me to be in the room. I wasn't their employee, so they didn't need to hear from me. But who knows? I could have been auditioning for something. Still could have been, you know? Who knows? I'm just open to the experiences. And, and um, I love being able to talk with you about these types of things because you have such a wealth of experiences. And, and even now, you know, you're starting off the Humankind Conference. And you got everybody taking a humankind challenge, which is to be kind to someone or to yourself, to yourself first. and to all others mm -hmm. in humankind. Yes. From today, uh -huh. we've now doubled that down through the holidays yeah. until Martin Luther King Jr. Day. Check that out. And I'm sure the experiences that we all will have will prompt us to say, you know what? I'm going to take the challenge again. Yeah. It's a beautiful thing being kind to people. And, and you are kind in being here today. And I appreciate that. My pleasure yeah. entirely. It was great. Awesome. Thank you. Awesome. Thank you for that. Um, for anyone out there, you've heard Shannon. You've heard what we've talked about here at the Clean State Experience. It's all about growing and getting better. Shannon has shared some just wisdom with us about being open, being present, uh, being curious, um, just, just listening to your heart and the direction that it takes you. Um, there's so much that we can learn from that. and. I, I encourage you to take that leap of being curious and being open. What does open look like? I mean, again, just when you're present and you start paying attention to the people that are right in front of you in the grocery store, or the person who passes you by the elevator, um, the, the person that you're listening to on the radio, your awareness makes you more compassionate, more kind to people around you. And, and, just by doing that alone, you'll be surprised as to what will, what will happen in your life. Um, many of you are trying to excel in your careers. You're trying to be better at home. Again, 
taking those micro goals, those micro shifts in what we do on a daily basis can make a huge difference in the people, in the lives of the people around us. So I encourage you to uh, take this, this wisdom, run with it. I don't know, jump online, follow us, talk to us about some of the things that you've learned along the way. We'd love to share in that experience. Um, that's all I got for you for today. Thank you.